Hi, welcome to another episode of the Flying Tortuga Brothers podcast. The Flying Tortuga Brothers are artists Carl Stoveland and Shannon Torrance, who are endeavoring to be named artists in residence on Loggerhead Key in the Dry Tortugas National Park in September of 2020. This podcast is a series of interviews with artists who have done residencies and interesting conversations with people who can help along the way. So grab a cup of coffee or your beverage of choice, sit back, and enjoy the show. This episode of the Flying Tortuga Brothers is brought to you by Camping Florida Keys. Camping Florida Keys is the premier rental equipment outfitter for camping Dry Tortugas National Park and the Florida Keys confidently and comfortably. So reserve, relax, and return your gear today to minimize planning and maximize your vacation. They can be found at CampingFloridaKeys.com and all the usual social media outlets. Hashtag CampingFloridaKeys. Enter podcast into the promo code on the website to receive a 10% discount. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Flying Tortuga Brothers. I'm your host, Carl Stovland, along with my sidekick, art partner and pal, Shannon Torrance. How you doing, Shannon? Doing great. How are you, Carl? Great. Had a really good weekend. I mean, you know, because we spent a lot of time together, we went to the, the movies with our wives, and uh, you and I ended up going to a printmaking workshop yesterday held by Convivio Books at Hatch here in Lake Worth, and it was just, what a great experience. Yeah, it opened a lot of doors for me. I can't wait to start, like, uh, making some uh, of my own handmade prints. Um so I'm so excited. I mean, it's something to really build on what we did yesterday. Yeah, I really enjoyed the linoleum carving, and I'm looking forward to doing more of it myself. Uh, I was really pleased with my my first efforts at it. That event, printmaking, is part of our week-long Dia de los Mortis events, the Day of the Dead, here in Lake Worth. will be this Saturday, the uh, November 2nd, from 3 to 9 p.m. The procession starts at 3 and there's music in the afternoon and all kinds of fun. And if you want to be in the parade, there's free face painting, which starts at 1.30 at 7 North Dixie. And then you can be in the parade and end up in the procession and be there to kick off the uh, the Day of the Dead. It's becoming quite a big deal in this little town of ours. It really is. Jose Mendez, who runs ours, does a really, really good job. And the whole city comes out for it. It's a lot of fun. With that, I think we're ready to jump in. I'm so excited about our guest today. Oh, I got to tell lucky you, are we? We are, so that everybody knows, our guests are Beth Williams and Haley Williams. Now, they were a great get. They beat us out for <laughs> last year. being on, on <laughs> the Dry Tortugas, the Loggerhead Key residency last year. And they are fresh from... Having been on the island, they were there for the entire month of September. So we're going to get into all of our questions, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Welcome to the podcast, Beth and Haley. Hello. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So excited to be here. Oh, great. So before we get into the nitty-gritty, just how was it? It was what we expected as far as being out there on our own, and I was able to really get into my art more than I am at home. There were no distractions. So that was the highlight of the trip for me was really getting to dig down and not being distracted. The island was just stunning everywhere you looked. Um, the wildlife every day. It was a remarkable experience to feel so close to nature and be surrounded 
like that by the ocean. So our audience knows, Beth, you are a pastel artist, and Haley, you are a writer and poet, correct? Correct. Great. Yeah. Maybe we'll be able to talk Haley into sharing one of her poems with us before we sign off the podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> um, where could where could people who are listening see your work um, or hear your work? Do you have a website with your poetry on it or your your um, your pastel work? Yeah. So um, I have a, a WordPress blog for my poetry, and um, I do some short fiction, some other types of writing up there. So. That is P-E-L-L uh, writes, W-R-I-T-E-S um, dot com. And mom has. Um, I am on Instagram at Beth E. Williams Art. Um, and I also have a website, Beth Williams Pastels dot com. Perfect. Perfect. And I did notice that you just followed us on Instagram about five minutes ago. So thanks for the follow. <laughs> <laughs> Doing some sleuthing. So do you guys know, are you the first mother-daughter team to be out on Loggerhead Key? This is interesting. Uh, we asked that when we were chosen. And we are definitely the first mother-daughter um, cho team chosen at Loggerhead Key. But there was one other situation. Was it Death Valley? There was an artist that was chosen to Death Valley that she had just had a newborn baby. <laughs> so I think we're the first uh, mother-daughter that actually are both practicing in art. Mm -hmm. Got it. And so our listeners understand when you uh, apply to Loggerhead Key, it has to be two people. They don't all, they don't both have to be artists, but it can be a husband and wife. One of them has to be an artist. In our case, it's two friends who are artists and it's, you know, two working artists, like you guys are working artists. Um, but it's because of the remoteness of the location. Um, we're going to get into some of the things that are required in order for you to, you know, do the pod, uh, do the residency. Because uh, you are pretty well out there and you don't get a whole lot of contact. And we're going to ask about some of that. We did some of that with Kelly Clark and her, her interview, but we're, uh, we're definitely going to see, see what the experience was like. So I guess one of my first questions was, um, have you guys done residencies together before? How many have you done? That kind of thing. That's funny. We have never done a residency together, and we have never done a residency before this. It was our first experience. Cool. And while well, you're still speaking to each other after 30 days alone on an island, <laughs> so that, that bodes well. Surely. <laughs> That's true. We, we had a couple of moments, but um, it was a good, a good place to work things out because there's really no place to go. <laughs> it's true, yeah. We I couldn't mean, split off and look at our phones <laughs> for hours. We had to work out our concerns. Most of our concerns were about the project we were doing and how best to speak to the public. And, you know, mm -hmm. we have some anxiety about technology. <laughs> so it was interesting because we ended up finding common ground just because we were the only two people out there. <laughs> you, you had to you have to get along. You're kind of tied together at the ankles. It's like a <laughs> potato sack race. You really don't have a lot of choice. <laughs> it was good for us, though, I think. Well, that's great. Yeah. Shannon keeps scaring me because he keeps sending me trailers for the movie The Lighthouse, which is the two lighthouse <laughs> keepers who, I guess, attack each other alone on an island. So. <laughs> we haven't seen it yet, but I think it's in my plans for this coming weekend. Oh, that's funny. We should see that. Yeah, we should. <laughs> 
So I guess one of the things I'm curious about is if this is your first one, uh, what was the draw for Dry Tortugas? Because I want to parallel that to what made us do it or what's making us apply for a second time. So we um, we are living in uh, Edisto Island, South Carolina. And because the ocean and a lot of um, climate change problems affect us here, we were really interested in spending time on Loggerhead Key because it was enlightening to us um, about just the state of our oceans right now. Mom is a marine landscape artist. A lot of her work um, has to do with waves and marsh. She spends a lot of time on the beach and to take reference photos, but getting to know getting to know um, the landscape that way. So the ocean is really important to who we are and where we live, but it's been part of our work for as long as we've been practicing. Sure. So the dry tortugas seemed kind of faded that's, that's for a us. Fit, really. Yeah, it, mm -hmm. it was remarkable how different the water was there, but also the way that we got to expand our understanding of the effects that the ocean's having on yeah yes on everything mm -hmm. um it changed you know it changed our approaches to our work as well in an interesting way yeah. oh that's cool that you know you came back and you have it's you've taken part of it with you that's that's one of the things that i really wanted to get a feel for we have plans to to um publish a book and and we are going to pair the paintings with with the writing throughout the entire book. So, you know, that that takes quite a lot of uh, correspondence. And <laughs> it's going to take us, you know, probably the rest of the next year to, to work on this project. Yeah. But so the park gives you a year to complete your project. Mm -hmm. um, the Murph residency is mainly inspiration and just a chance to to really focus on what you want to do and figure out what you want to do while yeah. you're there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we did get a lot done while we're there, but we're hoping to get lots more completed in the next year. So we'll send, we'll keep you guys updated. Oh, as we we'd love that. <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. So uh, one of the things that I'm curious about is procedural kind of stuff. You got the call or the, the email that you were picked. Give us a little bit of a timeline. What happens? I, I think you have to visit the island island ahead of time and you get kind of an orientation to how everything works and stuff so we applied we sent our application in i think was it december january 1st okay. or maybe late december we found out in march early march via email via email um and then there was a lot of talking over skype with uh the program director mm -hmm. of the national parks art foundation she has several um co-workers who corresponded with us we did some government training it's a uh, fema training okay so emergencies and how to you know follow the government hierarchy to know what to do in case of a hurricane or um, any kind of disaster in florida we did not get a chance to travel to the island beforehand it is recommended um, but being as, uh, the ferry is very expensive, we really just hoped that, um, 
what we found online would be useful. And we, we talked to the former artists in residence mm-hmm. about um, what we should expect out there. That was probably the most u- useful, helpful thing that we did was mm-hmm. um, contact them. And we had a laundry list of questions for them. And they were mm-hmm. very helpful going down the list with us, answering as many questions as they yeah. could well, they answered all of them really. and they had been there during irma right they, they, they actually had to leave the island exactly mm-hmm. yeah so we asked about the travel insurance they recommended it in it previous required. years this year it's required mm-hmm. because um that couple was lucky that they'd gotten it and um a helicopter flew them out basically we did um hope for a bit more orientation but with hurricane dorian this year um the park was in a little bit with the park rangers were a little scattered um we really uh well we arrived a week late yeah so the scheduled training sessions didn't happen because the schedule got thrown off okay so we actually didn't get any formal training Mm -hmm. on how to do much out there and we also yeah, didn't fill out the emergency contact information. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but that 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 just slipped through the cracks. But we um, we did figure some things out on our own. We know that that's an anomaly, though, because um, the former residents did say that they had a training mm-hmm. orientation mm-hmm. session and yeah. they had emergency contact information filled out. Um, and we certainly have a leg up in that we're South Florida guys, so we're, you know, uh-huh. it, it's, yeah, that would be very Key helpful. West is two hours from home, so it's very helpful. Yes, that's, yeah. And, <laughs> and because you are closer, it might be more um, convenient to visit the park ahead of time, too, which it really would have been a great idea as a pastel artist. <laughs> um, mom has to pack ahead all of the colors that she needs. And um, there were some, you know, there were a few gaps. Yeah. Turquoise would have been one for sure. (laughs) Well, you know, I had to bring like a hundred different shades of turquoise. Yes. (laughs) So I was missing a couple of those shades of turquoise. Yeah. But I, I, um, I was able to figure it out. Yeah. I I brought a watercolor kit. So I did some watercolor underpaintings that got me the colors that I needed. Mm Mm-hmm. I think one of the most fun months of my life was the the time between when we hit send and sent in the application last year to when I got the email that said we didn't make it because every day Shannon and I would touch base and go, when we go to the island, we have to bring this, you know, and and we kept, we, we kept saying when we go to the island, it was never if we get selected. So uh, we're, you know, and we committed ourselves the day after got the, de- the decline we're like we're going to spend the next year doing everything we can to make sure we get picked so oh, up went the website we have the podcast we're working on a movie that is going to be a big part of our project and our idea for the project is to focus on what the effects of two plugged in artists and people who need social media as how they sell their work what it's going to be like for us to be completely offline I mean it's going to Productivity-wise, it's going to be absolutely phenomenal for us. Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, I'm 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 going to get back three hours a day from not being on social media. That's so my days <laughs> are going to be really long. Yeah, and and Carl's been um, shooting film lately, and so we've we're putting together like a little short film as part of our um, submission package this year. 
um, which will probably lead us into um, shooting a, a little documentary while we're on the island, which I think is um, pretty interesting, um, like kind of like a surf movie, but more about the environmental situation. I certainly want it to have the look of a surf movie, yeah. so we're going to work on that. One of the mistakes I made was um, I bought a drone. <laughs> oh, National uh, Parkland. And drones are not allowed. Yeah. So I guess one of the questions that I've always wanted to ask, and I ask everyone who we interviewed that's been on a residency, is what is the the one thing that you brought that you thought you absolutely needed that you didn't have to bother with? And the flip side of the question is, what did you wish you brought while you were on the island that you didn't have? Well, you don't need to bring towels or sheets. They have that there. You don't need to bring a first aid kit. We brought one, but they have... They are well stocked in the first aid kit department. Okay. We brought snorkel gear, and there was snorkel gear everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine, nurse- yeah, from the ghosts of previous residents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there, um, you know, beach chairs. They have all of that there. There's so many things that. Um, oh, the kayak. The kayaks. There's kayaks there. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that. Wait, you know what? I didn't find. I never found a life jacket for the kayaks. Oh, yeah. Life jackets might be good if you. <laughs> I have one. If That's you good. Plan to kayak often. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's good to know about the kayaks because I was thinking about um, each morning trying to fish for our um, food that evening. Oh, that's awesome. Um, You guys probably have a fishing license or something we didn't have, so we didn't do any fishing there. Yeah, fishing permits. Gotcha. Yeah. But as the the artists and residents, um, talk to the – when you get accepted, (laughs) talk to the rangers – that you've made contact with and ask them about the protocol for fishing. Oh yeah, there might be some. Yeah. They have Kelly, a lot of rules out there. Kelly gave us a pretty good rundown on on the spots we're allowed to and where you know okay. we're allowed to do. Great. Yeah. Yeah, that shoot that's one one of the things that made her so wonderful on the show was the letting us know what parts of the where the best fishing was going to be around the entire island. So oh, yeah. where we were allowed to as well. Yeah. There are other zones you're not allowed to. Yeah, no lobsters, but you can definitely fish. Oh yeah, the spiny lobsters are. So I guess uh, uh, I had another question, which was, um, how often did you actually see other people? Um, there were probably seven days that we were on the island where no one came out, mm-hmm. but for the most part, you would see rangers that would come out. There was a young intern, Ryan. He was um, there studying the turtles, and he was working on a, a trash project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a good story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so when we got there, um, I first thing I did after I unpacked was walk the island, and I came back, and I was you know, visibly upset about how much trash was on the island. So um, the next day we went and picked it all up a lot. It took us three days. Um, Okay. There was way more than we expected. We, we know how, how much plastic is in our oceans. We've, there are statistics everywhere, but to see it yourself is really disheartening. So (laughs) part of, part of what we felt like we were supposed to be doing out there Especially the, the first three days we were alone. Yeah. Um, so we really felt like it's something we should do. We should pick up the island. So we, we spent a good amount of time picking up a lot of trash. And um, a couple of days later, we get a knock at the door. And it's this very sweet, intelligent young man. 
who had this kind of grin on his face and I opened the door and he said, hi, my name's Ryan. Uh, I'm one of the interns. Um, did you pick up the beach? <laughs> I said, yes, I did. Very proudly. And he grimaced. And apparently he had been working on a project for some months and he was tracking, he was doing a research project and it was a thesis paper. He was tracking where the trash was coming from based on the currents and where it landed on the island. Mm-hmm. And we uh, kind of messed up his you, project. He blew his project. <laughs> we, we messed it up. <laughs> no good deed goes unpunished. Oh, maybe the only time that um, we ever regretted picking up trash <laughs> from the beach. But he did say that he had four months of data before that. Um so he let us off the hook a little bit. We still feel a little, we still feel a little bad about that. Oh, that, that's good though. He let you off. He just had one outlier yeah. month, and there's an asterisk in his presentation, <laughs> and he gets to tell the story from the other side of the coin. Yep. Imagine my surprise oh. when I come back to a clean beach. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting. But you know, it's interesting timing that they're having two artists out around the same time that the trash project is going on. Yeah. I'm always curious about why they pick September because it's the height of hurricane season. You know, uh, you know, I asked that because I was pretty nervous about that. Our trip got cut a few days short because of Dorian. Yeah, and we I were he- we were here battening down our houses, and my wife and I were leaving on our 30th anniversary trip. So we were like, "Well, we're all buttoned up now. What happens?" Yeah, yeah. And because I mean, it was coming towards where I live as well, so I had to hurricane proof my house and, mm-hmm. and evacuate my my island had to be evacuated as well because mm. you know those things shift and I did ask that question I didn't really get a real clear answer uh one one ranger said that he felt like September was the month that had the most dramatic weather and most beautiful skies and um, the migratory birds at that time are pretty interesting you still have some of the city terns um that are just starting to fly and different birds coming down from the north are, are staying there as they're heading down to South America and Central America. So for the bird watching, it's pretty interesting okay. for the weather. Um, big storms, lots of big storms, which I yeah. loved painting. Yeah, we're both looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the dark skies for some of my photography and some of the storms. Yeah, in contrast with the color of the water. Oh, yeah. It was, I mean, I spent a lot of time just obsessed mm-hmm. with the water because our water here is very different from the water down there. Um, the translucency of it, we have uh, water that's affected by tannins from the pine trees. It gets into our water and our water is dark and you can't see through it. Mm-hmm. And being able to see through the water there was like, I was in heaven. <laughs> yeah, my Where? wife and I moved here about three years ago and we're used to the Atlantic Cape Cod, which is like pea soup it's dark green and <laughs> you can't see through it and we moved here just love seeing the beach with these you know jewel tones and how clear the water is and it's even more so as you get further south and out out into the gulf yeah we're actually um the little town we live in lake worth which is right it's like west palm beach palm beach um it's right where the state juts out as close to the gulf stream um as any other part of the of the state officially it's where the tropics begin Yes, that is the slogan. 
Yeah, I was struggling when I was um, getting into my painting because I, the, the color is so vivid and so clear and translucent. And I just felt like it didn't look real to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was a real struggle for me for the first week of painting until I had to just, you know, accept it as this is another norm here. Um, you know, and then I just did an art show this last weekend and people were comparing my paint, my local paintings with those paintings. And, you know, to them, the, the paintings I did at the Tortugas don't seem as realistic because the watercolor, it just doesn't seem real to them. And I said, I, I really struggled with that issue, but that I trust me that the color really is that green. It is that vivid. Yeah. Um, I think have you ever, if you've ever been to England or Ireland, um, the greens that are there are that way for me. Um, mm-hmm. When you paint them, they just look like there's no way that could be real, but they are. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what was happening. So tell us a little bit about what your uh, what your day was like, you know, you know, when you got up, what were the things you did? How did your schedule work out? I, I made a point and it was one of my goals while I was there to see every sunrise and every sunset. I like to paint transitional times of day. It gives me um, more choices as far as shape and texture, shadow. Mm-hmm. And so I was up every morning around 6.30 a.m. I had my coffee and I would get up and I would position myself someplace on the island so I could see the effects of the sun coming up, um, the changes of the color, you know, the, the color of the ocean is its most vivid colors in the middle of the day. Um, and the, there's a softer kind of uh, grayish powdery color to it early in the morning before the, the sun comes all the way up. Those are the things I was curious and interested about seeing the effects of light on the color on the island. Mm -hmm. So I didn't miss one sunrise or one sunset. Um, And then, you know, when the big storms come in, then you get a lot of transitional um, shapes and shadows and colors from that, too. So my schedule revolved around the sun rising and the sun setting. I would. Um, spend time just just walking and photographing and sketching the island during those times of day. I set up my studio from about 9 a.m. to 1 o'clock in the front um, living room section. I, I painted from 9 a.m. to 1 from reference photos and from my sketches. And then we would have one meal a day, which worked out really good for us. So we weren't cooking and cleaning all the time. Mm-hmm. Plus, we were using less water that way. So we'd make one big meal and... We try to eat off of that for about three days. So there wasn't a whole lot of time spent on cooking. Um, and out again at, for the sunset, um, we would swim, kayak, or snorkel um, after we were ha- after we had lunch every day. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then the sun would set. And after the sun was set, uh, we would take our chairs out to the dock and we would stargaze on the days that we could do that, weather permitting. It took us about um, five days or so to settle into a routine out there. Okay. Um, at first, we were just more because the house had just been the the lightkeeper's cottage where we stayed um, had been hurricane proof for Dorian. Uh, it was a little bit of a mess when we arrived, so we spent the first couple days cleaning, sorting through our stuff, kind of figuring out how to sleep without the air conditioner. Um, how to conserve water, more of the um, technicalities of just being out there and maintaining the island. Um, sure. 
there were a couple of park rangers who uh, recommended keeping the air conditioning off the whole time. So we did that and we kept the windows open. But because of the timing in September, there's a lot of storm systems out there. So there was a constant breeze and you could hear the water and the palm trees all day long. So having no AC really wasn't as big a deal as we were worried it was going to be. I would uh, I would trade the AC for the the sounds of the water and the and all that <laughs> the palm trees. Well, the um, here's a tip too. Uh, the back section of the house there's a long there's a long area where there's a kitchen and the light is really good in there. But I'm glad I chose the front section of the house because the porch hangs over the window, so we had to keep the windows up. And so when it would rain, lots of water would come in the house. Mm-hmm. And it would have destroyed my painting. So even though the light was better in the back room, the front room was a safer place for me to paint. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the questions that I have is, um, what types of food did you take with you and um, <clears throat> how much? We brought too much. And they said the problem, that's a problem for everyone that comes out there, that everyone brings too much food. We brought one cooler full and um, two storage bins, you know, the um, large plastic storage bins, mm-hmm. plastic bins um, full of dried foods like pastas, rice, peanut beans, butter. peanut butter, crackers. crackers. Um, we brought dried fruits. Um, most of what we... Nuts, lots of nuts. We, we, we filled the cooler with frozen chicken and fish. Uh, frozen fruits so we could make smoothies. We brought, a, we brought a little um, magic bullet out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something that they didn't have, actually, that yeah. we're really glad we brought. Yeah. yeah. So a little magic bullet if you want to do smoothies and protein shakes. Which oh, that's, that's a good tip. Protein bars. Yeah. We eat a lot of ice cream in our day-to-day. So <laughs> the, smoothies, the smoothies were kind of like ice cream replacements. Ice cream wasn't going to make the trip. No. <laughs> yeah. And we kind of looked at it as a way to, you know, eat healthily because everything you bring, you stick to. So we did a really good job of eating, you know, whole grains, mostly protein. And Haley snuck in with sweets. I, w- I brought one, one box of <laughs> mac and cheese. That was my um, that was my <laughs> treat. My treat. Yeah, yeah. How did you find um, not being connected? Did you did you have a satellite phone? I know they recommend having a satellite phone. I decided not to to bring the satellite phone. We heard that they had these little radios that you can communicate with them, um, the mm-hmm. Fort Jefferson. And so when I heard that, I felt like I didn't really need the satellite phone as much. So we opted out. And I, you know, after about a week out there, I told Haley there must be something wrong with me because I didn't really miss being able to communicate that much. The satellite phone is a good idea if you need to keep in contact with someone on the mainland, um, I think you do have to pay more for it's texting and Wi-Fi. Or yeah, you do. Like it's that. expensive. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely expensive. But with both of us having wives here in town and my mom being here in Florida, I probably would need to be able to make those phone calls. Yeah, yeah. We missed um, my sister's birthday, which we've never done before. And that was the one time I wished that we had contact. I warned her that that was going to happen. Oh, she knew ahead of time. 
but that was the one thing that I, you know, I wish I had a contact for. But we didn't have any emergency situations, um, and neither did our family at home. Oh, here, here's a tip for you, and I, I didn't do it, but someone let me know before I left, because I do post at least once or twice a day on Instagram art or some process that I'm working on, and I was worried that I was going to lose sales or lose business because I did that, and there is, and I, I can't tell you exactly what it is, but there is an app that you can get that you can schedule all your posts ahead of time, mm -hmm. and it'll just post it for you while you're away. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely be doing some of that for, for both of our rights, art sites and to keep interest in the project going. That's something I was looking at. We've already used it a little bit when I was on vacation in Europe. I had scheduled a few posts to come out from here so that things kept going. It turned out I didn't need to because I was constantly posting from the ship. This is going to be a very different, the residency will be very different for me because I won't be connected all day long. That's going to be very different for me. Yeah, there was one day in particular we were supposed to go back to Fort Jefferson and do a presentation for the people at Fort Jefferson, and the winds were too high and um, no one could come and get us. So you know the plans do change, do you know based on the weather? Like you know they were just not going to come out there and and put anybody at risk with the wind being as high as it was. But they do give you a hand radio, um, and there's a base radio on the island as well if your hand radio isn't functioning well. Um, they gave us a very brief uh, orientation with those devices, so we struggled with them <laughs> a little bit. But I'm sure that if they'd had more time, um, we would have had a better um, better uh, orientation <laughs> using <laughs> using the radios. Normally, you would get a weather report every day. There'd be a mm -hmm. channel on that. We we actually um, we were having some problems with our with our radio, but um, normal circumstances, the radio worked works fine. Uh, but ours, there was some issues with it. Mm. But um, you know, nothing happened, so it all worked out fine. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um... How many um, pastels did you um, take away in the end, and and how many um, poems were taken away at the end of this this month long? Residency? I did uh, I did about twenty two paintings while I was there. They're small um, that I'm going to use for studies for references for larger paintings. Mm -hmm. And Haley, how many poems? I got about twenty poems written with the varying size, uh, lengths, and then. Um, two nonfiction sketches that I'm turning into um, longer pieces now and one one idea for um, a fiction short story. So we've, we got quite a bit done while we were there. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it's great. I mean, the point, the whole point you're there is so you can immerse yourself in nature and work on your art. And Absolutely. It, it was very productive, I can say. I mean, it sounds, yeah. I, 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 there it's, were quite a few throwaway paintings that no one will ever see, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I got to work through that. You know, I got to work through that, and uh, I got a few things that, you know, a magic, I, yeah. I, can, I can build on, yeah. Um, so, would you be interested in reading us one of your poems? Yeah, absolutely. I have, um, well, we have been talking about the storms out there, so I'll read 
this one might be my favorite poem. Ever. Okay. Is it? <laughs> I'll read the poem I wrote about the storms. All right. It's entitled Lightning is Dead. Then thunder comes on shoulders of rain. The roar, you think, will taper off. So you stop to hear her out. On she shakes and on. Her bellow beats bereft the balding palm. Prickle pears wag paddles in her face. You hear her grief ripples from the thick aired house. Windows agape, sills, tongues for puddling. She sobs through lunch of jasmine rice and coconut milk. Sobs through day marking papers in blue-black strokes. Even unto sleep, even once rain has ceased, thunder crawls down the dark hall on her hands and knees. That's beautiful. Loved it. Thank uh, you. I could feel it. <laughs> makes, yeah. It makes me want to be there when it's raining even more. Oh, yeah. yeah. We got about five or six really good storms one, out there. One in particular lasted a couple of days. Yeah. Oh, ongoing. Mm-hmm. That's that must have been the night when uh, thunder was crawling down the hall. Yes, oh, yeah. it was. They, they did say that you do not evacuate unless it's a, a, a category two, two basically. So you'll stay for category one or tropical storms. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty much the same rules we have here in our house. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm I'm the guy that goes outside and shakes his fist at the storm. My wife's ready to drive somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we were there for a, a, a good, uh, pretty big storm. I don't really, you know, because we weren't checking the weather, we didn't know yeah. how big the storm was. But it seemed you that could, one seemed... you could see them coming though, off of the off the ocean. Mm-hmm. So it was never a big surprise. You could plan, <laughs> especially if you're going to go out kayaking. You could just look out and say, okay, well, how much time do we have yeah. before this thing gets here? And you can tell from the number of white caps on the horizon if the winds are high that day. They recommend not snorkeling or kayaking if there are too many white caps, um, which Obviously. was good advice. <laughs> um, the things that were most surprising to me was really the emotional impact that those elements had. I think we all experience storms, but being way out there feeling unconnected like isolated mm-hmm. it has a completely different sensation you know you it's a little bit scarier in some ways but in that way it's also more exhilarating well i th- um, I, th- I think that um you know my idea of what it's going to be like which is not i haven't been there so it's but is that the the solitude and the natural environments around you put you already at a heightened state of your emotions that you're already at the edge of something, which is really what's firing off the creativity. And opens the doors. And it also, it opens a lot of doors for you to perceive things that you may not normally feel and, and react to. You said that perfectly. One of the things I wanted to do when I was there, uh, when I first had contact with the park rangers and and the, the park system is, my question was, why did why were we chosen? Mm-hmm. And the people that we interacted with were not the people that chose us, so no one had an answer for us. So we still don't know the answer to why we were chosen mm-hmm. for this I can residence. cross off the question about what was the secret sauce then, yeah. because I was going to ask that. We, we do not know the answer to that. We know that there were 400 applicants, mm-hmm. but that's really the only information we've been giving, given as to why. Wow. 
I mean, it's very common for these jury things to have judges that are not associated with the, especially the the day to day operations. Um, I know that when we talked to Kelly Clark, she was like, you know, I once they got to the island, she was very very involved with them, but and ahead of time. But the selection process had absolutely nothing to do with with the parks rangers and the people that are on the ground. I mean, yeah. the art the arts foundation is completely separate from the national park yes. service itself, and then the judges that they pick every year it swaps out. They were they were glad to have a painter there though. They they, they I was the first painter to go to Loggerhead Key. Well, you know, so. these, a lot of residencies are getting eaten up by photographers lately. Photographers and filmmakers are getting a lot of the pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of the longtime workers, they were like, oh, they were so glad to see someone painting. Now, a lot of people are unfamiliar with my medium, which is pastel. So, of course, the assumption was that I was an oil painter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had to do a little bit of explaining about what pastel was. But um, they were just kind of glad to see that there was an easel set up on the beach. <laughs> I will say that as far as things that you can do to get your application noticed. Mom had her work professionally photographed, and I think that does make a big difference. I'm sure you both as painters know how to get that done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and Carl's a photographer, so. We're... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, actually, actually yeah, we sent got, some beautiful images that. in. Yeah, that's very important. And then for the application, when we wrote it, we... So we made the list, you know, to answer all of their specific questions, but we also added a lot of personal history um, about why the Dry Tortugas hit home for us. Mm -hmm. And our answer was very, very personal. We we, uh, have experienced a, a personal tragedy and loss in our family. And both of us have used our art to cope with that, that loss and that grief. And so, um, my art has been my therapy since the loss of my son and Haley's art has been her therapy since mm-hmm. the loss of her brother. And that was our, our application was very personal. Okay. Yeah. But I think that's because we hope that our project will also be very personal. Mm-hmm. And of course you want to emphasize that your work is not just meaningful to you, but it's going to have an impact for the public and for the park in a way that they can bring people in, they can um, ask for change when it's needed. They really want people who are looking to be immersed in nature and to protect it. As you guys are, obviously you spend a lot of time in national parks and that's something that most of America doesn't do. Um, So I think their real interest in bringing artists is because unlike the scientists that are working out there, we can bridge the gap between Give it a more the sciences. It's, it's relatable. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but quality. And, and, and in our, in our application, Haley, of course, Haley's an excellent writer. I mean, she's amazing. So she was very good at communicating the fact that natural places have been, a place for us to heal and, and, and they should be preserved and protected so that other people see the psychological benefits of having these pristine, protected, preserved mm-hmm. places. And, I, and I think as a society, we've lost our connectedness to nature, which yeah. has, is, 
it's meant to be a healing um, place for human beings. Um, yeah, I mean, you see all of life while you're there. You see life and death, and you see the process of it. Mm-hmm. And, you it's know, not, th- those things are removed from our everyday, very modern life. It's true. not just um, the physical resources that we're protecting, but also the emotional resources. Mm-hmm. Psychological resources. The psychological yeah. resources mm-hmm. that these places provide for us. And artists are the best people to talk about that. Um yeah. This this residency did not come without hardships. There were things that, you know, that were, you know, sometimes difficult. But I will say, you know, this weekend at my art show, several people asked me if I would do it again. And I giggled and I said, well, I'm saving up money so I can buy my own private island. Mm. <laughs> and and with that, I said, and I've already applied for a South Carolina State um, Park residency that I'll mm-hmm. find out about hopefully in Jan- January, is it? December. 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 Mm-hmm. But, um. I mean, I have a desire to, to, to have this experience again. It was uh, beneficial to me as an artist, but also as, as a human. I mean, the, the ability to remove yourself from the madness of our modern life and slow yourself down enough to really think about your purpose, mm-hmm. that is something that I'm going to be seeking over and over again and we can do that with our national parks these are places that are free of chaos yeah and i think that that's um one of the things about residencies especially this one is like the king of them because you are separated from so much of your life sorry there's a little noise going on outside the studio studio is my dining room by the way (laughs) um (laughs) but um the you go through the process of especially these longer month-long ones um it's a purification and a simplification and a stripping away of all that modern stuff and that pours out of you i was i was in the pacific northwest this summer for three weeks camping and photographing and i have never been so connected to my work as when i was you know my day was get up before the sun shoot do some watercolor sketches and the end of the day it was you know a campfire and making food and going to bed and doing it all over again and the process itself opened up my my abilities or it opened up my desire to create more it it had a real impact on me because I ended up coming home after that and then we went on uh, another trip and I have been painting since I got home from Europe the month of October, I've done 23 paintings mm-hmm. and it's just been pouring out of me. I can't turn it off. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to piss off the muse because whatever happened, I want to ride it out as long as I can. Yeah. Yeah. It de- you definitely like, like Haley was saying, when we first got there, my mind was still on my day to day life. It took me a few days, but once we got into that flow, then, then, you know, everything started to click. Yeah. But I, I will say the first few days of both of us were a little nervous. We're like, oh my gosh, you know. We were also anxious that another big storm was going <laughs> to come and that we'd be cut short. We were lucky that that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, it was sitting off the Bahamas, just churning away. Oh my gosh. We're, oh. we're like 75 miles from where it stopped and we thought it was coming right for us. Yeah. 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 No, it looked like it. Yeah, it did. 
Oh, I am so happy for you too. I mean, what a wonderful experience. Um, I hope that we get the same experience, but I'm just, I'm so happy that you're still inspired by it and you're still creating work based on it. And, um, Oh, I think I will probably be creating work based on this for years, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping this will open doors for us to continue seeking this kind of residency. And even if we don't get a formal invitation, just going yourself doing it on your own doing it yourself mm-hmm. just um, connecting as long as you're seeking that same spirit of things you're going to find the inspiration you need mm-hmm. so half the battle is being open to it you know yes. putting yourself in a position to be open to it um that's really the key open the open it up and it will happen for you i totally believe that and I really have to thank you guys. Talking to you has just totally cemented and solidified my desire to be chosen for 2020. We really want to go through this experience that you guys have had the the uh, great honor of being chosen for. And it sounds like it was really impactful and a great experience. It sounds like you two are very prepared and you've got this all thought out in a way that honestly is is um what is advanced it? compared to our commendable, yeah. <laughs> genuinely commendable. Um, I would be, you know, I would be cautiously optimistic yeah. going into it this, this year. I, I, I wonder what we had no idea when we applied, what the competition was, yeah. how many people were applying. They said it, it varies from year to year. It One does. year there was 20 people. The next year there's 400. Then you well, just don't know. And last year it got off to such a slow start that they extended the, deadline like three times wow yes. we got yeah. in we sent in on the day before the final deadline and it was february 20th last year because i know this year is february 20th and by the way there are 114 days left until our that's beautiful our, our application is due i put a little counter on the website and i check it every morning <laughs> um well i wish you much much success and much luck and i hope that you uh do get to have this experience yourself well, thank there you so are, much. There are other avenues. I think they take volunteers to, to steward yeah. the island as well. We met a lot of volunteers um, who live in the South Florida region. They come down and do work out on the island with relative frequency. Um, well, there was one couple that staying a whole month in December, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So there are people that they've, they need people out there year round. Mm-hmm. So I have that. been, I've been thinking about um, ways to make that happen. I applied for a residency for this year also for um, big Cypress um, in the Western Everglades. Wow, and yeah. um, that one would be a month long and they, they choose multiple people over multiple time periods and it's dormitory style living. But if I'm not chosen, I'm going to look at ways to volunteer because I, my heart, and I I love being in that swamp it just it I never thought I would love swamps and I moved to Florida and you can't get me out of them now yeah I definitely am I am going to consider doing some volunteer because when you're there you're stewarding the island anyway you're running the RO system you're you're keeping the solar system going you're doing all the same things that you would be doing as a volunteer right so it's it's another avenue to get there I think Mm -hmm. okay that's great to know yeah, mm-hmm. if we're not chosen, we'll 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 coattail in another way. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, Beth and Haley, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm glad you guys were chosen and got to go through 2019, even though we weren't. 
no hard feelings because you guys made the most <laughs> of it. And uh, honestly, we our story is that uh, Shannon and I had just really our friendship had just developed right before the the deadline, and uh, because he was part of a project I do called I Am Lake Worth that I photograph people in town and get them to give us quotes about the city, and I put it all together, and the city kind of embraces it, and it's it's a little big deal I put together every year. He was in last year's show, and we became fast friends, but he sent me an email like three days before the deadline and sent me the link. He's like, what do you think about doing this? And I wrote back, I'm like, yeah, let's do it, and got all excited, and then he got the flu like the next minute. Oh. And so our I know that our writing was a little stilted because I was stealing from his his writing and my writing, and we didn't really have a solidified vision of the project. I think we're going into this year with a much stronger application. That, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I totally credit Haley for very strong writing and putting a lot of thought into our application. She did an amazing job with the yeah. writing. I was home from school um, for the holidays, so I had about two weeks since she proposed the idea to me. And it was kind of, you know, we didn't really think it was going to happen. So right. we kind of put ourselves into it with that kind of hopeful, sure. well, who knows, right. kind of, right. kind of um, set in mind. But yeah, it, I, I took about a week to write our project proposal. Um, a lot of different edits. <laughs> well, and because we had such a short window to send it, nobody put eyes on it last year. But yeah. other than the two of us, and, and both of our wives are really strong writers, and you know, writing yeah. is a big part of what they do professionally. So, you know, as much as I don't like the criticism of my writing, I will <laughs> be giving my wife a week to to look at Excellent. it and chop it down before it sends in. Absolutely. It really, it does make a big difference. It does. I hate, I hate the process of being edited, but I do, I do always appreciate how much better it is when I let somebody look at it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can relate to that. <laughs> it's in the same way that I was a terrible student. My, my first watercolor teacher will tell you this because it's 15 years since I started painting watercolors and he was trying to get me to understand values on day one. I finally this month figured them out, but it's, I, it, nobody could tell me, you know, what I had to do. I had to make 200 bad paintings before I right. figured it out on my own. Yep. That's she, right. I tell my students, I said, just go do another one. Stop working on this one. Start another one. Yeah. yeah. Don't be so attached to, to every right. single thing like it's your masterpiece. Yeah, it's not as precious, right? No, and every one you're going to learn from, and you have to be willing to completely destroy it. As I start to get more layered in my approach to how I do um, ink and watercolor, you know, you get to a point where, well, it could have been done two layers ago, and it was great, and now I think I destroyed it, and yeah. <laughs> then it's. But then you're a real artist because at that point now you're you're living on the the palette knife's edge, and you're you're going to pull it out, and it's going to be great, or it won't be, and you'll move on to the next one, like you said. Exactly. Then you just move on. Yep. Well, again, guys, thank you so much. This has been absolutely phenomenal, and um, we'll be in touch. I'll be sending you a link to the uh, podcast tomorrow when it's ready, and we'll put all of your contact info up on our website, all of your sites. Absolutely. Okay. Can't, wait, can't wait to see and read your works. 
And if you get chosen, call us back. We'll give you all the behind the scenes scoop. Oh, absolutely. Talk about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, We'll, we'll definitely be calling you again if that happens or when that happens. Yeah. When that happens. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Great. Great. Thank you so much, ladies. Uh Nice. Thank you. Good luck. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Well, that was fun. That was a really great episode. Um, Good interviews. I'm even, I'm even more inspired to go now. That's what I love about doing the interviews, you know? Well, that's the perfect one because it's last year, too. Yeah, it's it like was really they're the most recent. recent ones. They were they were they were on the island in September. Yep. Doesn't get any fresher than that. And, and the daughter's a writer. I mean, yeah, you can't beat that. That's perfect. And I get reach I get charged up by every time I talk to artists, whether they've been on the island or not. And this so this is really, really exciting and I'm even more more convinced we have a good shot at this. And they were so forthcoming with the information, you know, with with what to expect and what they took and, you know, all of that. Terrific. All right. Well, I know you have chores and work to do. Thank you for taking time out of Uh, your Monday to record this with me. This has been amazing. Great interview. Great. All right. I'll talk to you soon, Shen. All right. Ciao, Carl. Bye.